He's Pittsburgh-born, and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. On 970 ESPN, and now on 106.3 FM. Musgrove, more like bro musballs. Oh. I don't even know if we can count that. That was so bad. I mean. Joe Mussack. Uh. Joe Musgrahonies. Okay, getting That's closer. better, getting closer. Joe Testicular Fortitude. He said, quote, after yesterday's game, we're not trying to fight anybody here. We're not trying to cause any problems, but you blindside our catcher when he's got no chance to defend himself. I thought he clearly had a lane. MLB decided that it was a bad slide. Conversely, I slid directly into the bag. He, of course, talking about his slide into Baez. Joe Madden called out Elias Diaz for not having a better internal clock when Rizzo was bearing down on him. That was not lost on Musgrove, who said, quote, You talk about an internal clock, Baez saw me coming. I was right in front of him. If he wanted to get out of the way, he should have. I wasn't trying to hurt him by any means. I was just going hard, like their guy did, so he should have gotten out of the way, I guess. Again, Joe Musballs, Stones, Sack, Cajones, Testicular Fortitude, Metal, whatever you want to say about the guy, he's a baller. The Pirates didn't do anything for 48 hours to stick up for Elias Diaz. In fact, a lot of the guys in the clubhouse didn't stick up for him when talking to the media. This was the response the team needed. But not the response they deserved. Clint Hurdle didn't do anything. None of the pitchers other than Musgrove did anything. There was no edict from Clint Hurdle to say we need to throw it Anthony Rizzo. It didn't go down that way. And to me, it showed that the Pirates were chicken bleed. Clint Hurdle said... Basically, the best revenge is living well. Win the baseball game, make them pay that way. But then they didn't win the baseball game because they weren't going to win the baseball game because they don't win baseball games. Because they've won now three out of their last 12 games. Because at that point, they had won two out of their last 11 ball games. They didn't deserve for it all to go down this way. Elias Diaz did. Nobody else did because they didn't have his back other than Joe Musgrove. And even then, how premeditated was it? He knew whenever he was going from first to second, if he had a chance, he was going to make it happen. He knew it then, but he didn't throw it, Rizzo. He didn't throw it anybody. So this wasn't an edict from the Pirates. This wasn't them being tough. This was Musgrove being tough. So I'm going to give him all the credit. And I'm going to say that guy's badass. I'm going to say that guy deserves the praise. He's getting heaped on him from Pittsburgh today. I don't care whether the slide was illegal or not. Rizzo's slide was illegal. Throwing balls at dudes ain't exactly something a choir boy would do anyhow. So whether it was illegal or not doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that something got done, and then they did wind up winning the game. I thought the Pirates clubhouse was close to fracturing, and I think maybe, just maybe, Musgrove kept it together for now. The win helps. The slide helps more. Now they can feel a little bit better. Now Diaz can feel better. He's not going to bitch about it. Now Joey Cora is going to feel a little bit better or freeze whomever wanted to be the guy to see Rizzo get hit. Whomever, they're going to feel better. This was big for the Pirates in that regard.
They didn't have a clear message. They didn't have a clear directive. Some guys were saying one thing. Most guys were not sticking up for Diaz. Most were sticking up for Rizzo. Meanwhile, the Cubs were unified on their front. They looked like the real baseball team. They looked like the great clubhouse. The Pirates did not. And I think that Musgrove pulled it all back together here. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but the fan base certainly got satisfied. Oh, yeah. Mm. And that's why this question's a question that I already know the answer to. You okay with vigilante justice if the league doesn't act? I bitched to high heaven about Tom Wilson being a punk. He tries to hurt people. The league does not do enough to stop him. Ryan Reeves punched him in the face with his stick. How am I supposed to feel about that? I don't like to see players get hurt. I don't like to see crap like that, but he deserved it. Capitals players were tripping all over themselves trying to say that Reeves was bad. The Knights were laying some bad checks out there. McNabb wound up breaking the wrist of Evgeny Kuznetsov, it looks like. But the Capitals players didn't want to dive in all that hard because they had dived in the opposite way defending Tom Wilson. But I loved it because I like to see guys pay when they're bad. I like to see the bad guy lose at the end of movies. I like to see the good guy get the girl. I don't want to see the bad guy win. Don't want it to happen. That's why Game of Thrones is so awesome. Because eventually... Everybody gets theirs. Ramsey Bolton, spoiler alert, gets his face eaten off. That's awesome. That's tremendous. The Sand Snakes, they murder a little girl. Well, they get to spend forever in a dungeon as the daughter rots away. That is retribution. Sansa Stark, she stabs Lord Frey in the face a million times again. Spoiler alert. And it's badass. It's retribution. You want to see it happen. I like revenge. I didn't know how much I liked revenge until lately, but I like it. I need it. I want it. I want blood. I'm an animal. We all are. Meanwhile, in baseball, the Pirates complained about Rizzo's slide. At least Clint Hurdle did. So did the fans. So did the media. And now a lot of people are downright giddy after last night's Musgrove slide. So if the leagues don't step in and make the initial rules violator pay, are you okay with vigilante justice? I am. Used to not be. Now I want blood. Now I want pound of flesh. Now I want eye fry. There's some on Twitter who are saying those who want blood now are hypocrites because they bitched so loudly about Tom Wilson before. Because they screamed so loudly about Anthony Rizzo before. Perhaps it is hypocritical. And we'll talk to Tim Benz about that coming up in about 12 minutes here on the Crowley Show. But you can't just sit back and take it. I never thought of myself as a vigilante justice guy, but Musgrove did good by his teammates. Reeves did good by his teammates. It's probably a good thing. Karma dictates. Joe Madden's a douche. So his team's going to have to pay for it. Tom Wilson is a douche. So Tom Wilson has to pay for it. The best part about the Tom Wilson thing was that he was going to hit Reeves if Reeves didn't hit him. He was going to hit him right in the throat. Reeves just happens to be a little bit bigger. At better body position. Bang. Peace. See you later. I loved it. I loved it. I didn't know how violent I was. I was not going to watch the Pirates game last night. Confession. 
Crowley, but you host a radio show. <gasps> How dare you? I guarantee you that people in this town do radio shows when looking only at the box score. <clears throat> Mark. Just kidding. Love you, Madden. I wasn't going to watch it. I was going to go on a walk with my wife. Going to try to get back in her good graces after telling her that I might have to eat poop if the NBA Finals goes to seven games. But I needed to see if the Pirates would throw out some retribution. I had to see it. I had to watch the other night after the Rizzo game to see if they would do it. I had to watch the end of that awful 7 nothing game to see if the Pirates were going to try to hurt that guy. We're talking about baseball here. We're talking about sports. I don't play. I wear the jerseys. I wear their hats. And yet I'm the guy screaming for blood. And it surprised even me. I was not expecting to have that reaction. I was expecting to think, eh, whatever, win the game. Eh, whatever, you'll get him tomorrow. No, F him up. And when Vontez Perfect took out Ben Roethlisberger in the wild card game and dropped him on his shoulder, I wanted to see that guy get shivved. I did. It's why when Juju Smith-Schuster took him out and hung over him and was drooling on him like he's Jack freaking Lambert, my hand was down my pants. Who am I? I think it's human nature. And I'm always social justice warrior. I always say I hate fighting in hockey. I always say player safety this, player safety that. But sometimes you can't hide your inner monster. Sometimes those demons come out. And I'll tell you what, I wanted blood. Tom Wilson, fight Jamie Alexek. Oh, you won't? You're such a baby. Ryan Reeves pops him in the face. Attaboy. Attaboy. And maybe it has an effect, maybe it doesn't. I said earlier in the show that I will tell my kids to punch the bully back if the bully punches them. But that doesn't necessarily mean the bully's going to stop doing it, but it sure as hell makes you feel better about yourself, right? I wanted to feel better about being a Pirates fan. I did not feel good about it when they were just going to let this happen to them. If bad things happen to you and you allow it to happen without pushing back, I'm not going to feel as bad for you, the victim, as I would if you did try to do something. Maybe that's not right, but it's the case. It's how I feel. Push back. Don't be a wuss. Be tough. Maybe it won't happen to you in the future then. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I have a Twitter poll today. I do. It's about Jerry Colangelo's wife. Nay, it's about Jerry Colangelo's son Brian's wife. Who is taking the rap for him right now? In the burner Twitter account saga. Here's the Twitter poll. Would you blame your wife for something if it meant you could keep your job? 60% of the audience says yes, 40% says no. Yeah! I'd need to have my wife sign off on it, obviously. Duh. But she wants nice things. It was the only play for Jerry Colangelo. Son Brian. <laughs> And his wife. It's the only play. It wasn't me tweeting at people. I wasn't tweeting about the old GM. That's my wife. That lady's got makeup to buy. She's got rings to put on her fingers. She's got jewelry to wear. Trips to take. She's got plastic surgery to have. Yeah. I mean, that stuff does not come cheap. She can't have him losing a job. Her face looks a lot younger than the rest of her body. I'm not shaming her. But we know where that cash is going. 
And she wants the cash. He wants the cash. They want to keep the job. Botox ain't cheap. No. I got it on my butt. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. That Reeves shot had some sneaky leverage behind it. Wilson felt that one this morning. Yes, he did. I hope he's not concussed because you don't want to see anybody get concussed. But I hope his nose continuously bleeds and will not stop bleeding and he'll have to stick in some tampons or something up his nose. I mean, if you have to have concussions, you know, they're a thing in the world. They're a reality. I mean, I can't think of a better guy to have one. Well, I agree more. I mean, that's true. I mean, they're going to happen and you don't want to see it, but if it's going to happen, Tom Wilson, good candidate. That is such a great point. If concussions have to happen, right? if that is the baseline statement, then that's a guy I want one to have. Yeah. That's a guy I want to have one. Rizzo, not so much. Joe Madden might already have one. That's true. You got fake glasses. Wouldn't be able to see the ball coming. I've milked the hell out of that joke. Coming up next, <laughs> Tim Benz joins us to talk about everything we've talked about on the show today. It is ESPN Pittsburgh. Pirates might suck, but at least now they've shown some balls. Well, at least Joe Musgrove has. Tim Benz joins us from Breakfast with Benz. Balls on Musgrove, my friend. Yeah, the slide heard around the world. It took 15 minutes for Pirates fans across Twitter to dub him the next A.J. Burnett. I I feel like that's all Pirates fans have been doing since the playoff teams were disbanded. Just who can we call the next A.J. Burnett. But isn't Musgrove way too young to be called A.J. Burnett? Don't you have to be old and grizzled and hardened and given up upon by multiple teams before you get that A.J. Burnett panache and charm? Well, he was given up by one, so he's on his way, Tim. He just needs the years. Eventually, the Pirates will give up on him, too. Yeah, they probably will, but they'll give up on him in the prime of his career so he can be A.J. Burnett elsewhere, kind of like Charlie Morton is for Houston. That's true, and then somebody else will be the Joe Musgrove for the Pirates, and the whole thing will repeat itself. Hey, this Austin Meadows guy, he's the next McCutcheon too, right? No, because they're sitting him down. It's pissing me the hell off, Tim, that he's not in the lineup today, and I don't even care that much, but it's pissing me off. Yeah, McCutcheon could get to play through just about anything before Hurdle panicked eventually and sat him down for that whole Atlanta series. But this guy, they want to make sure he's good and cooled off before they play him again. Let's let's stop with this whole hitting thing. Enough of that. Yeah, he's playing too well. We don't want that. We can't have that continue. No, because the better he plays, the less likely it is that Polanco gets back into a groove. You need to get Polanco back into a groove so he can justify his paycheck. Tim, am I a hypocrite because I hate... Yes. Okay. But but go ahead. I'll just verify it anyway. Go ahead. I I believe that that will be the conclusion that is reached. I don't like, typically, vigilante justice. At least I've said that. But I found myself wanting blood yesterday in a couple of scenarios. I loved Ryan Reeves taking a chop to the face of Tom Wilson. And I loved watching Musgrove slide. I've turned into one of these meat-eating... Uh, people who needs to see blood, needs to see retribution. If the leagues aren't going to do something, do something about it yourself. Let's go. That's the key part of the phrase. That's what prevents you from being a hypocrite. Okay, good. So, no, you're not a hypocrite. Because if the league doesn't take care of matters itself, then you have to take care of yourself. Uh, and you have to do it for them. 
Uh, if the league isn't going to step up and prevent something bad from happening after it's got evidence that something bad has happened, then it's certainly within your right to answer back. That's my opinion. No, actually, I take that back. It's not in your right, but you should do it anyway. I happen to think that plunking somebody with a fastball in the butt is pretty passive. You know, if you throw 90 miles an hour to somebody's butt or backside just for the sake of it when the other person knows it's coming, I got the impression that was all going to be anticlimactic uh, when Rizzo came up anyway the next night. I kind of like the way it played out last night. It's funny that it was another pitcher that did it, but that's a better way to do it. Just unfortunately, it happened uh, one game too late for it to mean as much. Well, and it wasn't premeditated then, right? Because it wasn't an edict from Clint Hurdle. You got to get back at him. I think Musgrove probably thought in his own head, "If I got a shot, I'm going to do it." His quotes after the game made me feel like he was smart enough to think through it as it was happening. But this wasn't something that Clint Hurdle said. Oh, you got to go out there and get retribution. No, unless he said something on the way of the next chance you have in the base pass, take true. him out, take him out. Maybe he did that, and they just. But that's like we just talked about. It's hard to diagram that. You can always diagram with a throw at somebody, and. Right. You can either be too malicious and throw at them up and in at their head or at their wrist and end their season for something that was now one step further than just running into the catcher, or you can do it passively and just make it show like you've made some sort of effort by plunking them on the butt. Um, the way it turned out on the field was very fitting. It's just odd it came to the pitcher and it came one game too late because you know, how do you duplicate that kind of play? It's not like hockey where somebody comes at you up in the head area and you break Zach Aston Reese's jaw, you can turn around and do that to Tom Wilson too if you get the opportunity. That's kind of why fighting is stupid in hockey. Um, you know, unless the guy can answer for himself, they got the fighting code of who can fight somebody else, and then it just devolves into the two goons having a stage fight and dropping their gloves. Like, that to me is not vigilante justice in your definition or description. That is just going through the process. Tim Benz, Breakfast with Benz, joining us here on the Crowley Show. The one thing I hated from Clint Hurdle was that he dropped a quote right after the Rizzo game that was almost like the best revenge is living well. Well, not when you're the Pirates. You can't just go out there and expect to beat the Cubs and that be your only revenge. Right, because you can't expect to beat the Cubs. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and we're not, not, we're not going to hit you, Tim. We're not going to hit you with a fastball, but we're also going to lose to you. You take that. Yeah, just you watch. We'll lose to you, but we'll keep it close. <laughs> it's also like if the Pirates were in first place, or this was a legit pennant race, or later in the season, or you know they were in first place and second place by ten games in front of the rest of the division. Then yeah, I would buy that, but they're not. So you know, get scratching out a five-three win against Chicago, uh, coming off a Memorial Day weekend, it's something that gets forgotten about in the grand analysis even if they had won that game. Like, you know, honestly, like three months later, you know, when the Cubs come back to town at some point and, and Rizzo does something like this again, we're not going to remember that the Pirates would have won that game in hurdle scenario. We just would have remembered that they didn't do anything about it. Tim, let's switch gears a little bit here. Uh, the media is taking it on the chin from Penguins fans, and you've been talking about the Phil Kessel Defense Foundation. I don't get it. I just it's because of what happened to him in Toronto, and now Penguins fans feel like it's their job to make sure that nothing like this happens to Phil Kessel here. Meanwhile, it's not the media doing it to Phil Kessel. It's the team trying to move the guy. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's why I wrote about it in the trip today. And I hope the entire Phil Kessel Defense Foundation reads it and gets mad at me about it because I want you to be mad because I don't like you. If you are part of the Phil Kessel Defense Foundation, I don't like you because you have taken your, like you said, Adam, job too far. Uh, You said you don't get it. No, just by the way you set that question up, you do get it. The biggest reason why there is such a wall built around Phil Kessel by this fan base is that the fan base actually wants to give itself credit for Kessel's success here. That's exactly it. What you alluded to is exactly right. Because Kessel is treated more nicely here by the fans and the media, the fans feel like they have partial ownership of his two rings because they were kinder to him than they were in Toronto. And because, you know, his brutish kind of salty nature turns into funny gifts and memes on the Internet, that means that we're helping him so credit us. That's where this comes from. That's where this is born from. And it's annoying because, what, the media then can never say a negative thing about Phil Kessel? Nary a word can be said or else you're trying to run out of town like they did in Toronto? I mean, how many times have you read that on the Internet from Penguins fans over the last two weeks? And no one is doing that. That's the ironic part about this whole thing with Kessel is most of the reporters that I have seen put stories out there about Kessel the vast majority of them are not endorsing a trade. They're not saying this should happen. They're telling the fans the team is looking into it. But more of the guys that I listen to and read than not are on the other side of the fence that say what should happen is they should just suck it up, put them on a line with them, getting Malkin and roll two top scoring lines next year. They're of the opposite opinion and want them to stay. That's the great irony here, and I'm in that group. As am I, I'd rather him be here, but if they move him, they move him, and I believe that Jim Rutherford's going to do a damn good job in moving him because more than not, he's done a damn good job. This is the weirdest hockey town in America. It has to be because... Adam, Adam, I could go on the air right now. I could On the on your radio show, which is listened to by literally millions and millions yes. of people daily if you count the online streaming. By the way, great. Speak, speaking of streaming, great streaming from Tom and your cheese keys today. That was that was stellar. That's the sign of a good young prostate right there. Yes, That's it is. Solid work. Um, but I could go on the air right now with you and say that Mario Lemieux is running a sweatshop uh, out of the UPMC Center in Cranberry, and that's how the Penguins get all their jerseys for sale. Oh, and by the way, when he sells those jerseys, he's running, running a dogfighting ring with it. I could say that, and I would get less blowback than I would for anything negative about Phil Kessel. It's just ridiculous. And people assume that this is the media getting back at Phil because Phil doesn't talk to us. Uh, Let me make this abundantly clear. I never want to talk to Phil Kessel again. I I never wanted to talk to him in the first place. One time I wanted to talk to him to get a quote about the extent of his injury on locker cleanout day to day. That was, or this year, that was it. That's the only time I really wanted to talk to Kessel, and that was to get a specific answer. He's the worst quote in the room. The English as a second language guys, all of them are better quotes than <laughs> Phil Kessel. So I don't care if he ever talks. That's not where this is coming from. Tim, it sounds like you really don't like Phil Kessel and you want him out of town. I, I want his fans out of town. If I could root for Kessel independently of his fan base getting the similar amount of enjoyment that I would watching him play and score – that would be a dream scenario for me. But I, I don't 
I have no problem with Kessel. I love watching him play. He's entertaining to watch as a player. He's important to the team. I don't want to see him go. I want to see all of his fans leave. That's what I want. Well, that's what I was about to say about Pittsburgh, the hockey town. They care more about the individual player, I think, than they do the logo on the front of the jerseys. Uh, think about the Sidney Crosby versus Evgeny Malkin fights that you'll see in the mentions, more so a couple of years ago than now. Uh, think about Marc-Andre Fleury, the way he's being supported out there in Vegas now. And now Phil Kessel, it's got to be the only town that does that, the player over the team in this kind of fashion. Uh, I would say that dynamic occurred in L.A. with Shaq and Kobe, too, wouldn't you? Oh, it's a really good point. It is. But that's West yeah. Coast. doesn't count. Let's keep it here in the East. Yeah, it's, it's the NBA. Of course, you can't mention the NBA in an NHL conversation. Ask Chris Long. Um, <laughs> uh, so, all right, I'll take it away. Hockey-wise, you might be right. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think about that hockey-wise. I mean, you're right. I mean, I don't think off the top of my head, I don't know a lot of Blackhawks fans or anything like that, but they don't do that with Kane and Taves as much, do they? Like they used to do with Sid and Gino or, you know, as has been the case in recent years, Murray and Fleury, no. How You're right, Adam, and when it comes to hockey in Pittsburgh, it's always going to be a star-oriented town. Mario first, Yager second, Sid and Gino after that, and even when Yager was here after Mario, they didn't support the team as much as they should have, given Yager's unique individual talents, uh, knowing their propensity to fall in love with stars. So you're you're exactly right on that. Now that I think about it, was Raymond Bork's championship with Carolina celebrated throughout Boston? I believe it was. Colorado. What did I say? Carolina. Carolina, yes, thank you. No, was it celebrated throughout? Yeah, but that's not the same thing, though. No, it's not. Not in that. That's more, more along the lines of Marc-Andre Fleury, but we're not going to see a parade for Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's definitely the stronger analogy. Yes. Right, yeah. If, if, Fleury had, if Fleury wins the cup, it'll be celebrated in a similar manner as it was here, but that was more along the lines of win one for Raymond as opposed to we still love you and miss you and wish you were here to a certain degree. Um, that was just, boy, it's a shame he could never win one here because he was so worthy of it. I've got one quick thing for you and one long thing. Which one do you want first? <laughs> give me give me your long thing, Adam. Yeah, I was just about to say, unfortunately for my wife, she gets the quick thing and the short thing. Yeah, why do they have to be mutually exclusive? Those are two different sets of uh, description, right? Yes. The long thing is this. Uh, Around Twitter.com, there have been people saying they're favorite athletes in every sport. Uh, I don't know why it's out there, but it's out there, and it sucked me in. So your favorite athletes in each of the major sports. Oh, that's not going to be too long. I can do that quickly. Uh, Growing up, it was Terry Bradshaw in football for the Steelers. Uh, Recky was my favorite hockey player ever, the Penguins. Van Slyke in center field for the Pirates. Larry Bird, because I grew up a Celtic fan. Uh, Charles Smith and that Pitt-era basketball yeah. team brought, brought me into college basketball. So Charles Smith, Dan Marino on the football side for college football. I'll even give you tennis and golf if you want. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Connors, I grew up in a Connors household. My dad was a really good tennis player growing up, and he loved Connors, so I love Connors. And uh, Jack Nicholas, I, I love Nicholas and I think just about the only golf tournaments I watched when I was a kid growing up were if uh, Jack was playing on Sunday. That's a pretty good, pretty good, well-thought-out list. I didn't see you tweet it either. Did you tweet it? No, I didn't. Hmm. Uh, you're the first person to bring it up to me, to be honest with you. I missed that. Oh, I'm so happy that we're talking about this. I'm so happy I'm the first to know. 
Now for maybe, the... maybe if I go on a family vacation like Ben Roethlisberger, I'll have more time to surf Twitter and, and put out cute things like this online. Well, in Ben's defense, the OTAs did sneak up on him. <laughs> he had no idea when they were going to be. He just had no clue. Neither did Brady. Right. They had no idea. Yeah, how about Brady? Did you see him throw the yacht-to-yacht pass for Tag Heuer? <laughs> I did not. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard, though, for the for the clothing company. Yeah, he did a commercial shoot for Tag Heuer while he was away from OTAs. And I think it was a race car driver, like a Formula One guy who was on the other yacht. And he threw it from yacht one to yacht two with Ginger Spice interviewing him while he did it. Hey, that's, yeah, that's, it was pretty good. That's better. I'm sure she looks better than OTAs. She doesn't look like Giselle, but she looks pretty good. Well, no one does. Uh, here's the now what will be the – see, I knew, I knew it. I knew it was going to go long. We'll go with the short thing here. Is a series automatically good if it goes seven games? Well, that's a deep question. See, that's a harder question to me. Are you saying, like, this one is going to go seven games? Which one are you talking about, the, the Golden State Warriors and the Cavs, or are you talking about hockey? Uh, I thought that the Western Conference Finals in the NBA – was not a great series, despite it going seven games and everyone going gaga over it. You know what? Actually, it just popped in my head. Here, I'll, I'll give you an example of a seven-game series that actually wasn't any good until the end. You know where I'm going with it now? No. 1960. Oh, we, we did bring that up before. We did bring that up before. That became a great series because right. of Game 7. But to me, that's the outlier. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you're asking if it can happen. Yes, it can happen, and that's that's the kind of example. If, if none of the games are all that, wasn't that wasn't the Yankees Braves series kind of like that too? Until Jim Larratt's homered, or there was one there was one Yankee series that was like that when they were really good that went seven, and none of the individual games were all that good. I understand the intrigue factor between games, but I'd like the games to be entertaining too. I need most of the games in a seven game series to be entertaining for me to consider it an all-time great or even a great series yeah i mean i I think it's possible to have a seven game series where the series itself isn't great but the end result is like if you build to a climactic point in game seven you have a great game seven kind of like what happened with yankees pirates in 1960 and you know for people don't know i mean 1960 the yankees dominated three games pirates kind of hung around and scratched their way through three and they got to mazeroski in the end but you know, I don't think history would have looked back at that series if the Yankees had won nine to one, like they kind of won all their other games, and said, "Boy, what a great series, huh?" Uh, in fact, I think it would be the opposite. So, yes, I do think it's possible. Tim, really good stuff, man. By the way, I think you might have burner accounts for my phone or for Twitter. <laughs> well, now I'm thinking both. <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way: if you see. The number of athletes that block me on Twitter, and yet I still manage to get their tweets <laughs> and put them online, I think you know the answer to that, don't you? Ah, I love it. Thanks for your time, buddy. All right, later, man. Tim Benz. Breakfast with Benz. What a guy. Burner accounts. He admitted it. I feel like that's a pretty big deal. I want to find out which ones are his now. Like, now I'm in, like, investigative mode. Well, and they clearly follow him. Oh, yeah, yeah. We might have to make this happen. We might have to smoke them out and let them know we figured it out. Well, I don't. let's not smoke them out. Let's just figure out what accounts are his. Oh. How many of the Tim Ben's burner accounts do you think follow Big Ben? He's got to have like five at least in there, right? Because I feel like Big Ben discovers him every once in a while and blocks another one, and Ben's has got like eight more left. Yep. The two people in this world who 
would block Tim Benz are related to the Steelers. <laughs> Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger. He's got to have them burner accounts, baby. It's not a bad move that way. It really isn't. I mean, you have to look and see what the block people are saying. Case in point, John Steigerwald blocked me a long time ago. And any time that he would say something ridiculous that I'd see somebody else mentioning on Twitter, I'd go into the Steelers Nation radio account and look at his. <laughs> How about that? Oh, wow. You can't block me, John Steigerwald. I am unblockable. The breaker of chains. i got to stop watching Game of Thrones. You Coming used, up next. You used a real account as your burner account. <laughs> I'll just take the day's burning. Other crap as well. And the three stars of the show. ESPN Pittsburgh. Tonight, Game 1 NBA Finals. You can hear it here right on ESPN Pittsburgh. Damn it. Yes, you can, Adam. Damn it. You can hear it right here on ESPN (laughs) Pittsburgh. Oh, I really screwed that one up. In fact, Thomas started all over. I don't don't do that. There's no time. It is time, though, for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) MLB attendance is as low as it's been in 15 years to this point. How do you fix it? No shifts? Is that going to help? Shorten the game? Shorten the season? No mound visits? Quit stepping out of the batter's box? Pitch clock? What are you going to do to fix baseball, Rob Manfred? That's the question. Or is it? For Rob, it is. He has to try to fix it because it's his job, and he will go down as a terrible baseball commissioner if the game continues to drop in attendance and ratings the way that Major League Baseball has under his stead. But the question that I want to ask is, is it fixable? And the answer to that question is no. Man, my generation, they flip around on the old TV machine. I've got 800 freaking channels. If baseball loses me for half a second, I'm not coming back. There's boobs on like 40 channels. Hey, you think baseball can compete with boobs? No. Can baseball compare to what you've got in your phone? Not for millennials. Watch a baseball game. Most of the people in the stands who are my age or younger or right around my age are in their phones the entire time. There's too much downtime in baseball. And unfortunately for baseball, you cannot get the downtime out. The hope is that strikeouts go down. The hope is that more balls are put in play. The hope is that walks go down and that there's more excitement. But baseball's always going to be slow. It's always been slow. But in a slower time period, slow worked. We now live in the fastest time period ever. And it's only going to get faster. Technology's only going to advance. There's only going to be more things to grip your attention. So as much as I love baseball, and I do, as much as Brian loves baseball and Tom loves baseball and a lot of people that I hang out with love baseball, I love it less now than I've ever loved it before. And I think other people are going that way too. The attendance numbers point that out. The ratings numbers point that out. I don't think you can put the toothpaste back in the tube. I don't think you can regulate the hitting out of football. I don't think you can regulate the contact out of hockey. Just like I don't think you can regulate the boring out of baseball. And I love the boring. There's strategy in boring. There's something about the mind games between a pitcher and a hitter. But if you're not going to appreciate that for what it is, 
then it doesn't matter how short the games become. It does not matter how much you take out the strikeouts. It doesn't matter how many walks you take out of the game and the mound visits you eliminate. You're not going to be able to keep the people's attention. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Brooks Orpik scored the game-winning goal in last night's Stanley Cup final game, too. It's been over two years since he last scored. Ovechkin has 116 goals in that span. Woo! Other crap. A Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman is the first NFL player to hold a medical degree while in the league. Great. He can cure himself of CTE one day. Woo! Other crap. I don't believe that. That's probably doctored. Woo! Other crap. Did you hear that Roseanne was canceled? Yeah, they barred her from ABC. Woo! Other crap. Fat chance she'll get another show. Woo! Other crap. Kevin Durant and LeBron James say they aren't sick of Warriors Cavs. You don't say. Woo! Other crap. What's wrong with the Warriors Cavs? Woo! Other crap. The USGS says don't roast marshmallows over Hawaii volcano vents. When I'm told not to do something, it makes me want to do it some more. Woo! Other crap. That's such an explosive topic. Woo! Other crap. Zinedine Zidane resigned as manager of Real Madrid. Must have been butting heads with the front office. Woo! Other crap. More like Zagon. Woo! Other crap. They took away Usain Bolt's ninth medal. That was fast. Woo! Other crap. That's Usanity. Woo! Other crap. There was an open fire last night at City Field. I didn't know the Pirates were playing in Queens. Woo! Other crap. Insert dumpster here. Woo! Other crap. Tiger Woods gets over his stiff back to shoot 72. How about the front? Woo! Other crap. He wasn't anywhere near a Denny's. Woo! Other crap. Cincinnati has been awarded an MLS team. They're playing at Nippert Stadium. Did you see that? Woo! Other crap. It's been 444 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Grandma D. I stick by my parents. Pirates. I think they have a good team. They're a young, young team. They all get along. They go out together, and they stick up for one another. And I think they're terrific. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Tim Benz. Adam, Adam, I could go on the air right now. I could on the on your radio show, which is listened to by literally millions and millions yes. of people daily if you count the online streaming. By the way, great speak, speaking of streaming, great streaming from Tom and your cheese keys today. That was that was stellar. That's the sign of a good young prostate. 
first star. And tonight's first star of the show, Adam yeah. Crowley. I had a friend who was getting bullied. And one day it was like one of those old western showdowns where each guy walks down the old lane, a tumbleweed goes by, it's a ghost town, except this was at the flagpole at 5 o'clock. And my friend's just getting the snot beat out of him. So what do I do? I pulled him off and I punched him in the dome. It's what you do. Someone's getting bullied, you bully back. That's good of you, man. To punch a guy in the head? Yeah, I mean, you're looking out for your friend. It's friendship. Good, Good friend. I'd punch a guy for you. I'd punch a guy for you. I'd punch Who a the dog woman for you. I'd punch a woman for you too, yeah. man. 2018. Yeah. If they hit you, I'm hitting them. She'd probably beat me up though, so I'd have to run real quick after I did. We almost made a whole show without me saying something stupid, there and there we are. I'm punching women now. I'm not really punching women. Jerry Dulac golf show coming up next, and then I will. It's game one of the Stanley Cup final. Damn it! I went the whole show without making a mistake. It's game one of the NBA final at 9 o'clock. It's Friday tomorrow. ESPN Pittsburgh.